Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. Get ready for your life to be changed by today's message from Pastor Jeremiah Hosmer. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise and where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? Now watch this. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For Jews request a sign and Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. To the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness, but to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brother. In other words, in other words, he's saying, examine yourself for just a second. You see your calling, brother, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame those things that are mighty. And the base things of the world to, to, uh, and the things uh, which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him you are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and, and sanctification and redemption. That it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. He who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Luke chapter 1 quickly and then I'll pray and you can be seated after that. Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. Now, you're going to see that all this is going to tie together later, so... Stay with me and, and just give the Holy Ghost the benefit of the doubt. Amen. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed of a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. Listen to this. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, 
the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed Elizabeth your relative has also conceived a son in her old age and this is how this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. Not is, but was. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I am preaching part two of, from last week imperfect people in the hands of a perfect God. Imperfect people, imperfect people in the hands of a perfect God. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, you see the, the possibility and the potential of this moment. Father, we may see it with man's eyes, but God, I promise, I know in my inside of me, it is not as big as you see it. So, Father, today open our eyes and help us to see what you see. Open our ears and help us hear what you have to say. Father, I decree and declare the powerful anointing of the Holy Ghost on this place. And, Lord, I release an anointing right now through the airwaves. Father, to destroy yokes and break the powers of hell. Father, in the name of Jesus, open the heavens and pour out your glory upon every person watching and every person here. Father, in the name of Jesus, I release rebuke Satan and all his lies. I bind them up and I cast it out and I loose over this place that greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. And that if God be for you, who can be against you? Now, Father, I pray, let the rivers of God flow. Let the flow of heaven come. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to move in this house right now. Look upon my availability and not my ability today. And Lord, I pray, have thine own way. Let your will be done. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. In the name of Jesus. And everybody to say amen. Give the Lord a praise. Come on, give him a praise for his word. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord today. Hallelujah. Now, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to go through last week's message, but but basically, I'm going to be preaching from the, the context or the, or the subject matter today, if you will. Imperfect people in the hands of a perfect God. How many are glad that God chooses to use imperfect people? Now, the people that didn't raise their hand, look at them and say, what's the matter with you? Either you're perfect or God ain't using you. Come on, I want you to ask how many people are glad that God chooses to use imperfect people? Hallelujah. You know, one of the things I love about the Lord, Pastor Antoine, and I said it last week, but one of the things I love about God is that he is so perfect. He's not just perfect in what he does. He's not just perfect in what he says. He's not just perfect in what he thinks. He's perfect in all of it. He is perfect in every way. He's perfect in his timing. He's perfect in his righteousness. He's perfect in his holiness. He's perfect in his word. He's perfect in what he's doing in your life right now. Now. You might not think he is and you might think he's, he's late and you might think he showed up early. But can I tell you, God is an on-time God. He is right in every way that he is doing. He's perfect in who he chooses and he's perfect in who he steps around. He is perfect in the one he raises up and he's perfect in the one that he brings down. 
He is perfect in every way that he has and who he is. But that's not all that I'm, I'm, I just praise God about as far as his perfection. I praise God that he's perfect and that he chooses to live in somebody so imperfect. I praise God that he, choo- he is perfect, but yet he chooses to live, put his residence, put his home, a tabernacle, and dwell in somebody. Uh, the Bible calls us crack clay pots. We got holes in us and we got cracks in us and we're made of earthen vessels but the Bible chose, the God, God said in the Bible that I chose to put my most pre- precious possession, the most precious possession. I didn't put it in a vault. I didn't put it somewhere locked behind doors. I put my most precious possession in crack clay pots. Uh, people with holes in them. People with cracks in them. People that ain't got it all together but I trust in myself so much that I can put something so precious on the inside of you and still perform my will through you. Oh, I love that about God. I love that about God that I don't have to be perfect. That don't mean I have an excuse to sin. It don't mean that I have an excuse to go live how I want to live. It doesn't mean I have an excuse to go party. It doesn't mean I, I have an excuse to not forgive people. It just means that when I have messed up, I have an advocate with the Father. And he says, if you confess your sins, that he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from some of your righteousness. That's not right. From most of your righteousness. That's not right. But from all your unrighteousness. I know the enemy is trying to tell people in this audience. I know the enemy is trying to tell people in Kenya, in Ireland, or people watching right now, you've messed up too much and God's done with you. But the devil is a liar. And the Lord has sent an anointing, an Elijah anointing for a last day that will remove the baggage and raise up the prophets, raise up the apostles, raise up the evangelists, raise up the pastors, raise up the teachers, raise Raise up the mamas, raise up the daddies, raise them up in the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, I've got to be honest. If I was God, I wouldn't use me. Can I just be transparent with you a little bit? Can I just kind of lay it out to you? If I was God, I wouldn't use you. Oh, glory. If I was God, I would go find the person that had it all together. I would go find the person that that had dotted every I and crossed every T. I would go find the person who was the most disciplined. I would go find the person who, if you looked at their life, they were well polished. I would go find the most educated. I would go find the most theologically sound. I would find the person who had come through the best bloodlines of everybody. And that's who I would want to live in. But somebody say, thank God you ain't God. Because the Bible says when the Lord looks at people, he doesn't look at them like man looks at them. But he looks down on the heart of a man and he says, I see something so deep within you. And I'm willing to pass over seven brothers and choose one on the other end of it. I'm willing to step over people that were in line and choose the one that didn't even get in line. I see something in your heart. 
Oh, if I was God, I would disqualify myself. Uh-huh. Me. Uh-huh. But thank God I ain't God. Amen. When the Apostle Paul was writing to the Corinth church, he began to observe the body of Christ. He began to take a mental survey, if you will, of the body of Christ. And he, he realized that God didn't see things like he did. He realized that, that man looks on the outside. Man is counting up your disappointments. Man has kept a list of your failures. And man is holding an account against you. Uh, but the Apostle Paul looked around the body of Christ and he, he came up with an amazing discovery. Uh, he realized that the body of Christ was made up of a lot of people that the world said no way. But God said Yahweh. He, he looked around at the body of Christ and he realized that the ones that God had chosen were not the ones the world would have chosen. He, he looked around and realized that God had saved a bunch of nobodies to go and tell everybody about somebody that can change anybody. He realized that God gets glory out of taking, watch this, out of taking nothing and making something. For in the beginning, the earth was void, without form, and the Holy Spirit hovering over it. And God said, he took what looked like nothing and he made it something. God gets glory. <laughs> I think you ought to give him praise right there. God gets glory out of what we see as nothing and making it something. And the apostle Paul looked around, he realized that God gets glory. He said God gets glory out of somebody who stutters and can't stand before people and he causes him to deliver a whole nation out of Egyptian bondage. God gets glory out of a shepherd boy who was ostracized and was an outcast by his own family. Wouldn't even let him around the table when guests came in and he's out there with a bunch of smelly sheep having to keep sheep and God gets glory bringing his nasty self up in there and letting the oil flow over him and not only did he anoint him but then he caused him to kill the giant that nobody else would fight but not only was he done there but then he raised him up to be the king of Israel but not only was he done there he said through your lineage shall my son the Messiah come God gets glory God gets glory out of taking a man who is a persecutor of the church knocking him off his horse and making him a preacher of the church I come to tell somebody today that the devil has been causing you to live way below where God has for you so, beloved, what is your story? What is your story watching? What is your story right now? You have a story. Maybe you were the person who wasn't smart enough. Maybe you were the person who wasn't rich enough. Maybe you were the person who was taken advantage of. Maybe you were the person who was always left out. Maybe you were the person who, who was from the wrong side of town. Maybe you were the person who, who was from a broken home. Maybe you were the person who always wanted to do right but just seemed to be found in the wrong. I, maybe you were the person the world says would never amount to anything. 
Pastor, what are you saying? God wants you. God wants you. God will use you. I'm telling you that miracles happen. Everybody say miracles happen. Miracles happen when imperfect people place themselves in the hands of a perfect God. I'm telling you that God can change a nation through imperfect people when they place their hands, lives in the hands of a perfect God. I'm telling you right now that God can change a family. God can change a marriage. God can change your whole life when you take an imperfect vessel and place it in the hands of a perfect God. That's what I'm telling you right now. That's what's so amazing to me about the Christmas story. The story of Jesus' birth. When, when the Father God chose to send his only begotten son to the earth, he chose imperfect people. Now, let me just really tell you how I feel. If I'm sending my only begotten, I won't even let my, I ain't perfect, and I won't even let my son go with most folk. But if I'm sending the Messiah, who, carry, who will carry the sins of the whole world one day, man, there ain't no plan B. This is the plan. I wouldn't use imperfect people. Man, I'm going to choose somebody that's got it all together, but God is so confident in who he is and what he can do that he says, I'll take your mess-ups, your mistakes, your brokenness, and all that you want to throw away, I'll put myself in you, and I'll be glorified in it. Somebody give him a praise in this place. So when we look at it in, in Luke 1, 28, you can just write that down. But if you're taking notes today, you can, I want you to write this down. Mary was highly favored, not highly perfect. There's a difference. And I know there's some people who really feel like that Mary was perfect, but God bless them, help them. Mary was not perfect. She was highly favored, not highly perfect. There is a difference. You can be highly favored and not be highly perfect. Amen. Amen. See, I'm, I don't know. I, 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 well, yes, I do know the Holy Spirit told me last week to, to preach this right now because, because for the body of Christ to really step into 2021 and do what God wants it to do, we got to kick all the condemnation off. We got to kick all the weight off. And we got to realize who we really are in Christ Jesus. And we got to walk in the power of the Holy Ghost and say, God is with us. Sometimes when we look at Mary, we fall into the mindset that she was perfect. She wasn't perfect. She was a virgin. The angel Gabriel does not greet Mary and say, rejoice, highly perfect one. He says, rejoice, highly favored one. In other words, there was something about Mary. Oh, I wish I had two hours. There was something about Mary that caused God's favor to be attracted to her. 
Do you realize, I don't know how many women were on the face of the earth at that time, but I promise you there was a bunch of them. Do you realize that God looked over every last one of them and chose Mary? What was it about her life that attracted the favor of God? It wasn't her perfection. It was her obedience and faith. That when God spoke something, oh, here we go. When God spoke something, she didn't say, well, I think it can happen. She didn't say, I, it might happen or it may happen. She said, let it be unto me according to thy word. If you want the favor of God in your life, Kenya, if you want the favor of God to come on your nation right now, then you need to say, Lord, let it be according to thy word. If you said it, I believe it. If you said my kids gonna get saved I believe it if you said I'll be healed I believe it if you said I'll be restored I believe it if you said I'll get out of debt I believe it if you said I'll walk in the call I believe it let it be God there is a favor that'll come on your life hallelujah there's a favor that'll come on your life so powerful that you'll be somebody that don't have any kind of training, you don't have any experience, you don't have any track record, but because you said, let it be unto me according to your word, God will move folk out of the way that's got 20 years of experience. God will move people out of the way that have pastored way bigger churches. And he said, line them all up, but I got somebody in the back that you haven't even considered. He doesn't have no experience. He doesn't have no training. But what he does have is the favor of the Lord. And favor ain't fair. It is just favor. And when God's favor comes on your life, and nobody can take it off. No man can take it off. No devil can take it off if you walk in obedience and have faith you'll stay with God and the favor of the Lord will come on you hallelujah Hallelujah. that's what happened to me it didn't make no sense it didn't make no sense but God's favor came on me and it didn't matter it didn't matter who they tried to bring in God turned their heads Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When God's favor comes on you. Matter of fact, I was in prayer this morning and I felt like the Holy Spirit told me I'm going to release favor across this place today. If you want favor, lift your hands and say in Jesus name. Let the favor of God fall on my life. Give him praise if you believe it right now. Can you lift your hands and say, let the favor of God fall on our nation. Let the favor of God fall on our church. Let the favor of God fall on our life. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I've seen, I'm an eyewitness and I am a personal, personal witness of the favor of God come on your life so powerful. It wasn't because of Mary's perfection. I'm sure she struggled. I'm sure she struggled on Facebook from time to time, you know, because her friends got this and she didn't get it. I'm sure she struggled from time to time because she wasn't invited to the party and everybody else was. I'm sure she struggled from time to time because she didn't have the money to buy the latest and the best outfit. But God said, I ain't worried about that. I'm looking for something inside of somebody's heart that when I say it, they'll believe it. They won't question me about it. They won't ask whether can it be done. They'll just say, let it be unto me according to your word God and I'll walk it out as far as you can do it for me the favor of God will come on you hallelujah 
I want to get this second point out today. Number two, you can find this in Matthew 1, 19 through 25. Number two, we're talking about God. We're talking about imperfect people in the hands of a perfect God, right? Joseph struggled with humanity while obeying divinity. I want you to think about this for a minute because every one of you that's called, every one of you that wants to do anything big for God one day, whether you're called to the full-time ministry or whether you just want to be a street evangelist and get as many people saved as you can possibly get or whether you want to be a Holy Ghost-filled mama and daddy and raise up the next Billy Graham, whatever, whatever, everybody is struggling with humanity while trying to obey divinity. Oh, if I could have the time to tell you. The struggles, man. In the book of Matthew, we read about a struggling happening. It's inside of Joseph. Joseph has his fiance right here. He has all these dreams ahead of him. Man, we're going we're gonna to get married. We're going to have kids. We're going to build a house. Man, we're going to do all this right here. I can't wait. I can't wait. And she comes and says, I'm pregnant. And, and, and Joseph is hanging out with his boys shooting ball or hunting or fishing, whatever you do. And they say, man, you crazy. You need to leave that woman. She's fast. And she's about her own self. And you need to go and do your thing, man. There's somebody better for you. And the Bible says why Joseph sat back. Watch this now. While Joseph sat back and pondered, what is he doing? He is pondering human reason. He's, he's sitting back reasoning within himself. What, what, what do I need to do about this? That God spoke to him. That God came in, in a dream and said, listen, that which is in your wife or your fiance, that is the son of God. And he's holy. And she's received it from the Holy Ghost. Joseph, watch this. Joseph is struggling with the very thing that all of us believers have struggled with one time or another. No, we might not have been in the same situation. But we struggle with the contrast or the difference between human reasoning and the voice of God. And which one? I'm not saying human reasoning, there's never a time for it. I mean, by the, I mean human reason says don't pick the rattlesnake up. Human reasoning says if you jump off a 10-story building, you're going to die when you don't have to have a word from the Lord. Human reason says, if you go smoke crack, you're going to be a crackhead. Amen. That, you, so I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying when human reasoning is, is, is not lined up with the voice of God, you're in a struggle right here. And everybody's faced this. This is what human reasoning says, but this is what God is saying. 
Human reasoning says, let Mary go. God is saying, man, this is the chance to parent the Messiah of the world, the one that has been prophesied about. And right now, all over this auditorium and people watching all over Kenya, all over Ireland, all over the United States right now, there are people struggling with between human reasoning and the voice of God. I found in my time walking with God that being a leader in, and being a leader in the kingdom of God, that, if, that anyone who wants to do anything big for God you got to come to this decision. You have to make up your mind that when human reasoning does not line up with God's voice, you will obey God's voice. You will obey God's voice. I have found this. Hey, and let me tell you, just because you slay a giant today won't, don't mean there won't be one next week. My God, I thought there wasn't no more giants and then Corona showed up. And then a pastor couldn't do anything right. If he opened the church, he didn't care about people. If he closed the church, he didn't care about God. And I'm sitting here saying, Lord, what do we do? Human reasoning is saying one thing and God's voice is saying the other. And I'm saying, Lord, what do we do? And I just felt like the Holy Spirit said, you walk with me, son, you're going to be okay. You walk with me and you do what I tell you to do, you're going to be okay. It don't matter if a million other pastors do this. You do what I tell you to do. And if you'll do that, you'll be okay. Give God some glory because the Lord will lead you through the voice. I want to just be honest with you, and and then I'm try to get to point three real quick. But church, right now, there's way too much human reasoning in the church. There's way too much human reasoning in the in the in the leadership of the of the church as a whole. There's way too much. Do you realize people wake up and consult the CDC on how they're gonna live for God now, how they're gonna attend church now, how they're gonna lead the church now? They wake up and ask Fox News how what they need to do. Last time I checked, Fox News didn't die for me. The CDC ain't coming back for me, but it is the BIBLE that tells me, and that's who I'm led by, the voice of the living God. If the CDC died for me, then, then, I, then, then tell me. But last time I checked, there was a man named John. I feel like preaching now. It was a man named Jesus, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life and died a sinner's death. He hung on a cross and he died until every dope addict was made free. He died until every family could be restored. He died until depression had to break. He died until the wickedness had to fall. He died until the nation stood up. He died until he could raise you up. He died for every last one of us. That's who I'm consulting. He died. He died until the graves opened. He died until every devil had to let your child go. He died. He died until your broken heart was mended. He died until your past was erased. He died. He died until God stepped in in your life. He died. 
He died until all the wickedness and evilness of this nation and this whole, in this whole world would bow. He died. He died. But thank God the story ain't over. Not only did he die, but he lived. Hallelujah. Three days later, he got up and he lived until you could get the victory. He lived until you could be filled with the Holy Ghost. He lived until you could work signs and wonders. He lived until you could preach the gospel. He lived until you could release an anointing that would make a nation free. He lived. My God, he lived. He lived. And Kenya, he said, I'm coming back. Uh Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I came as a lamb, but I'm coming as a lion. I came humble, lowly, and meekly the first time, but I'm coming back ruling with a rod of iron. He will come back for his saints. He died and he lived and he's coming back. All right, can I get this one out and then, and then we're talking about coming imperfect people in the hands of a perfect God. So he used Mary. Mary was highly favored, but not, she wasn't highly perfect. He used Joseph, this man who struggled with humanity while trying to obey divinity. Oh, I wish I could massage that in just a little bit more. How you look at your life. The apostle Paul said, man, the things I want to do, I'm not doing. The things I don't want to do, I'm doing. He said, I'm a wretched man. How can I win this battle, man? He's struggling with his humanity while he's trying to obey divinity. But number three. The shepherds, I want to talk about the shepherds just for a second. The shepherds were poor but allowed in his presence. If you was to research shepherds in that day and time, the shepherds were not like the, the in crowd. And the shepherds were kind of gangsters, outcast from the poor side. See, the book of Matthew, let, let me just help you with this. The book of Matthew, the book of Matthew is written... With, with this in mind, to present Jesus as king. Therefore, wise men come bringing gifts. But the book of Luke, Luke was an evangelist. The book of Luke was written to present Jesus as the savior. Therefore, Luke tells about the people that nobody else would let in were allowed into God's presence. The contrast of this story right here is something to be seen because we're not just talking about a king. We're talking about the king of Israel. And we're not just talking about the king of Israel. We're talking about the king that had been prophesied for hundreds and hundreds of years. And we're not talking about just any birth. We're talking about the birth of the son of God. The book of Isaiah says, unto us a child was born and unto us a son was given. And so we're not just talking about any king. We're talking about the king of kings. We're not just talking about anybody. We're talking about the one that can save everybody. We're talking about Jesus. 
Jesus right here. And what was the proper protocol was that when a king was born, all the top echelons of society were invited in. They were invited in to come and eat. And they were invited in to come and banquet. And they came and brought gifts unto the king. But when the king of kings were born, he didn't invite the top echelons. He didn't invite the who's who's. And he didn't invite everybody who had it all together. The angels came and told the shepherds, y'all come on in. Though you're poor, you can be allowed into his presence. Though you ain't got it together, God is saying, if you'll come humbly before me, I got a place for you. Pastor, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to tell you. He didn't invite the perfect. He invited the humble. This morning, you might feel like some shepherds. You may feel like the bottom of society. You may feel like you've messed up so much that can't nobody put it back together. You may feel like uh, you're not perfect enough to be in the king's presence. God ain't looking for the perfect. He's looking for the humble. Can you come like the shepherds did into the presence of the king today? Can you come into the presence of the king like the shepherds did and say, I don't deserve to be in his presence, but by grace, I have a place. There are many others that deserve this place in his presence, probably way more than me. But because of his mercy, he's calling me to come. Those shepherds, just like Mary, just like Joseph, just like me, just like you, are imperfect people in the hands of, of a perfect God. And God works miracles in these people's hands. God does mighty things for the people. Come on, Molly. Who would say, here I am, here I am, God. Here I am. I really don't have it all laid out. But here I am. God, today I, I choose, I choose to believe that you have favored me even though I'm not perfect. And God, I know that I wrestle with my humanity. But I want to focus on obeying divinity. I want to, I want to put human reason over here. And when it begins to contrast with what you have to say, I don't want to lean towards human wisdom. The apostle Paul said, I didn't come to you with the persuasive words of human wisdom. He said, I didn't come to you with that. He said, I came to you with a demonstration of the spirit and of power. He said, and I did that so that you would not put your faith in human wisdom, 
but that you would put it in the power of the living God. Why was that so important? Because this is what, this is what Mary said, be it unto me according to your word, for nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. Maybe you feel like, man, there's so many more people here, so many more people that's worthy, so many more people that seems like they got it together. God just can't seem to, he can't do that through me. Lord, I know you told me to go preach to the nations, but you can't do that to me. Don't you see what I'm struggling with right now? And it's humanity and divinity colliding. I'm telling you, if you'll put your focus, if you'll do like Joseph did, okay, God, I'm struggling with what, I'm struggling with this, but I'm focusing (laughs) on this. God will use you. God will do something big through you, Kenya. God God will do something amazing through you. You want to talk about, I'm going to give one minute, one more minute. I'm sitting there in the nation of Kenya. Two years ago, struggling. I don't know, maybe three years ago. I can't remember when the time was. Corona's got everything messed up. Timing and everything. But three years prior, God speaks to me about who the next general superintendent the bishop of the Kenya assemblies of God would be I'm sitting in a service over there and God speaks to me and I hold it for three years human reasoning is saying you ain't heard from God and I get a call Bishop Peter and Jury has died they still want you to come and preach the Holy Ghost says go prophesy who the next leader will be Hey, Pastor Andy and many of my witnesses, I'm struggling. Oh, my knees are knocking. I didn't let nobody see it because I can hold my composure. Streets taught me that. But I'm holding my composure. And the Holy Ghost is sitting there saying, do this, do this, do this, do this. Human reasoning. Human reasoning says, don't you dare open your mouth let whatever happens happens and God is saying prophesy son of man prophesy sure enough so I did according to how the leaders wanted me to do and Bishop Kitoto the guy that I prophesied about was elected the new leader of the KAG what are you trying to say pastor I'm trying to say you ain't alone You think your struggles are all by yourself? Everybody in here is facing it. But just because you're not perfect don't mean you ain't favored. Just because you're struggling with humanity don't mean you can't obey divinity. And just because you might have been outcast in the poor don't mean you ain't allowed in the presence of God. Those of you that are watching in Kenya, we love you and we bless you today. We know the Lord's going to do something great all in your nation. If you don't know the Lord, you need to bow your knee to Jesus right now. You'll never do anything big for God until you surrender to the Lord right now. 
You'll never be used by God until you surrender completely to the Lord. But when you surrender completely to the Lord, everything in your life will be broken off. Jesus will come and live inside of your heart. And it doesn't matter what anybody else said. It don't matter what they've done. And it don't matter what they told you. And it don't matter what they spoke over you. God has the last word. I heard a song while I was over there. It said, Jehovah has the final say. And I'm going to tell you, Jehovah has the final say. Across this place, bow your heads with me. All across this place, <coughs> all across those watching, Pastor, I'm away from God. Pastor, I don't know the Lord. Pastor, I backslid. Pastor, I've made a mess of some stuff. You really think God can use me? Oh, yeah. Matter of fact, he's calling you now. Pulling on you. Pastor, would you pray for me today, please? I, I need to commit. <coughs> or I need to recommit my life to Jesus Christ today. Would you pray for me? I sure will. I want you to do something for me. When I count to three, lift your hand so I know who to pray for, know who's, who needs to be added in. Those of you watching, Pastor, would you please pray for me? I'm away from God. Pastor, would you please pray for me? I've walked away or I've never lived for Jesus. Listen, all you have to do is put on the chat line right now. Uh, pray for me. And there are people that are waiting to pray for you right now. We'll pray for you and we'll lead you into the kingdom and you can grow with Jesus right now. But if you say, Pastor, that's me, would you pray for me? when I say three lift your hand one two three lift your hand right now I see hands going up I see your hand I see your hand I see your hand sir anybody else in this place right now just just Lord just do a new work in me thank you Jesus right now across this building pastor man I feel called by God but the one thing that's been holding me from walking in it is my struggle with my humanity. My struggle with my humanity. The daily battle going on. And I've allowed that struggle to be so loud in my life that I, I just pretty much turned away and said there's no hope for me. Pastor, would you pray for me? If that's you, you lift your hand right now. One, two, three, lift them up. You lift your hand. That's you, Pastor. I'm struggling with that. Hallelujah. Put it down, Pastor. I've counted myself. I disqualified myself, Pastor. Because I said I wasn't from the right place. Didn't have the right lineage. Didn't have the right home bringing. This, that, this, that. I disqualified myself. But I realized today something broke over me today while you were preaching and I realized that God can use me just like he can use anybody else. That God can work through me just like he can work through anybody else. Pastor, would you pray for me? If that's you, you lift your hand right now. Let's stand all over this place. Father, I thank you for your word today. I knew that you had a word, God, that would raise people up in the power of the Holy Spirit. 
I knew that you wanted to do something big today, God. Lord, I remember the day that I was born again. I don't know how many people came to an altar. My wife and I may have been the only ones. I don't know. But God, the power of what you do, what you're doing is not measured in the numbers. It's measured in the transformation. Father, do it again. Do it again. Do it again, God. In the name of Jesus. And let there be such an anointing today that everything is broken. I give you the praise in advance, Father, for what you're doing through this message. Now, if you lifted your hand for any one of those three today, I just want you to quickly and quietly get out of your seat and come and stand down here now. If you lifted your hand for any one of those three, I need you to understand you might be saying God I don't know what's wrong with me I don't know what's wrong with me I'm the only you know let me tell you something you ain't the only one struggling with this you're just the only ones that got the guts to come forward many others don't have the guts to come forward they're sitting there in their seats wishing they had the the courage that you have so I honor you for that and I bless you for that But God is going to do something great today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Those of you watching, I thank you for watching today. I'm telling you, the anointing will make you free. (laughs) And I know you sense that anointing. And I thank you for watching. Let us know how we can pray for you. Never, ever, ever count yourself out. God ain't done with you. Don't you be done with God. I bless you today and I thank you in Jesus. We pray you were blessed by today's message. For more content and to get to know us better, download our app at AbundantLifeChurch.com.